With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael Lapaz Pina, and I'm joined on the other end by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer, Rohan Nadkarni. Rohan, yesterday we had Kevin Durant go off for 53 points in a thrilling Nets win as Kyrie Irving watched from a courtside seat. Anthony Davis (laughs) pretend the Lakers could have beaten the Suns last year had he not gotten hurt. Right before he watched the Suns uh, beat the Lakers thoroughly while he once again was hurt, uh, James Harden had another clunker. The Celtics retired <laughs> Kevin Garnett's number five jersey in an emotional ceremony that overflowed with laughter and friendship. I don't know what the ratings are because I don't care. But anecdotally, and we were texting about this a little bit yesterday, but I kind of feel like the NBA is owning Sunday this mm-hmm. year in a way it mm-hmm. hasn't before. That's a great point, man. It the Sunday, I literally texted you Sunday basketball is my favorite. And I was talking about this with a friend recently. Like, it felt like it had gone away the last couple of years. Like, this, the Sunday showcase, these early day and ABC games, like triple headers, quadruple headers they've had the last few weeks. Like, they've been fantastic. The basketball has been so good. I think this is the first time since the season shut down in March 2020 that it really feels like the NBA is at full throttle. You know, last year they just kind of wanted to get the season out of the way, it felt like, so they could get the calendar back on track. This year we had the big Omicron wave in December. And now it just kind of feels like for the first time since then, you're not constantly seeing guys in health and safety protocols. Uh, The stars, uh, for the most part, are returning to the floor. And it's just been fantastic, fantastic basketball. The last three weeks – so many so many good games like coming out of the all-star break like this is the momentum you want to see headed into the playoffs it's been 
a ton of fun, man. So much fun. Like you, the we're texting about basketball every day just because it's there's so many great games. Like um, yesterday was Selection Sunday, so Jeremy Wu is going through this college basketball stuff, and he's like, "Why are you guys watching Sixers Magic? That was a great game. Like the Magic awesome. are the Magic are fun. The, even some of the really bad teams, OKC and Portland are in like a different realm of tanking right now. But I mean, Houston, <laughs> Orlando, and Detroit are like still like having fun moments almost every night. I agree. It feels like we're also still learning about title contenders, Definitely. which is very rare for mid-March in the NBA in the NBA calendar. We usually know who's who, um, strengths and weaknesses, but you uh, for example, we're just like Victor Oladipo just plopping into Miami. Like, what is yeah. going on there? Mark Morris is back. Yeah, we got uh, finally. I'm glad yeah. to see that. Yeah. Um, uh, we have Brooke Lopez tonight. Oh, my God. That's his, crazy. Basically Can, a season debut. Um, are you a little shocked as I am, by the way, like how quickly that turned into he might play the season to he's playing tonight? Like there's no... Ben's there was no Ben Simmons at scramp up. There was no back soreness after his back surgery. He's just playing. I'm I'm maybe a little surprised. I don't know. Whenever there's no news for so long, it could go either way with me. It could go he's out for the next seven years. It could go oh he's just he's playing tomorrow. And good news for Milwaukee. Brooke Lopez is back. Um, that team is going to be really fun to watch. How they kind of incorporate him uh over uh the next few weeks and it's just it's yeah it's just there's so much so many questions so few answers so little time before the playoffs start it's great i'm having a lot of fun so good you know now that i'm thinking about it if they get like we'll have to see obviously what brooke hasn't left in the tank but to be able to have the options of playing portis ibaka or lopez that's a pretty incredible center depth in some ways where it's like, or depending on the matchup, you can leverage a certain guy. That's man. The bucks are going to be well, interesting. I, w- I was texting yesterday that the bucks are my East favorite again. And that's why. So I'm now planting the scenes for Milwaukee propaganda. It, well, I mean, you said a bunch of big guys and their best center is Giannis at So no big deal in Milwaukee. Just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Um, okay, so Rohan, on today's show, we will be opening up the mailbag, and with only 15 or so games left in the regular season, I feel like it's a great time to name our All-NBA teams, uh, but first, a quick reminder to please keep your emails coming, openfloormail at gmail.com, that's openfloormail at gmail.com. All right, can I want to start with I, this. Can I actually sneak you something You may, in? sure. Yeah. What do you got to say, Rohan? Well, I just feel like tonight's kind of a huge night for me, and I'm not sure how I should handle it. Because I oh. went all in on Nikola Jokic last week, like all in. I had a day where my Twitter feed was basically just entirely devoted to Nikola Jokic. I feel like, t- so tonight, for those who don't know, we're recording this on a Monday afternoon. And tonight, the Denver Nuggets play the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, honestly, is tonight's game just going to decide MVP? Like, it's, I, it's gonna really be interesting, dumb, but... right? No, but I was it's funny. I'm already thinking in my mind how I'm gonna prepare to the reaction tomorrow. Cause whether Jokic has a better game or Embiid has a better game, I kind of wanted to be like one game doesn't decide MVP, but it kind of feels like this game it might not decide it, but it could knock one of them out of the race 
because I think Giannis is going to make a big push here. We have to talk about. We barely talked about Luca this year on the pod because the Mavs kind of started the year weird. We had. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wrote about them, but like, at what point does Luca enter the conversation? I, I mean, he's been fantastic. I, so it's going to be interesting. But I think tonight could knock someone out. I mean, I was. I sent a text to someone right before yesterday's. Celtics Mavs game and I was like Luca's gonna ruin KG day I know it I feel I, it in my I bones don't know. I, I tweeted this why do this the Celtics like the heat anytime they have a jersey retirement it's like Orlando you know it's like why do the Celtics keep scheduling it for these big games and even just from a financial perspective put it on like the most boring game on your calendar to like get you know you get more fans. The ticket price will go up. Like people are going to go see a Celtics Mavs game anyway. You know, I somebody put me in the Celtics marketing department. Let me help you out. I have no idea who's in charge of stuff like that, but I'm sure Kate. First of all, I was very upset that Rondo did not attend. Doc Doc Rivers not going because his team was playing the Orlando. I know Doc has you know I, I, listen lives I, in. I think I'm, I don't know if he still has a house in Orlando or what, but. Come There's on, no like, Doc can't take a literal game off for something like that. I don't think. Boo, boo to that. I, I, I think very, Doc should have been sad. there, and I think Rondo should have been there. But Doc can't. You can't tell his team you're not coaching a game to go. You can't do that. I don't think he can do that. I wish you could do that. Society should have allowed him to do that. But I could understand why he didn't. Him and Sam Cassell should have been given a private jet. They should have flown <laughs> to Boston. Just it was just you, you knew maybe that they, their it, hearts maybe, were in Boston. I'm sure, but maybe if it wasn't a back to back, also maybe that played into it. But oh, can I also um, say one more thing about that Jokic story? Sure. We were talking about this in text. I think it's fair to say there was some conversation on the NBA internet that day. Uh huh. Um, you know, the way we framed the story was that Nikola Jokic is not getting enough attention. Then you had every NBA writer saying, what are you talking about? All NBA writers do is talk about Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, I think that some people conflate what's happening on NBA podcasts with what's happening in reality. <laughs> yes. And for anyone who's like, Nikola Jokic is getting a ton of attention. What are you talking about? I'll, like, And people are like, what metrics would you point to? I mean, jersey sales, national TV games, Christmas games. If I asked my mom right now who Giannis is, she would know. She'd know who Joel Embiid is. I wonder if she knew who Nikola Jokic was before I wrote my story last week. And I'm not saying my mom is representative of everyone, but she's also someone who watches an NBA game almost every single night. Um, so I, I just think that it's, I get it. You're never going to be able to like literally quantify how much attention someone is getting, but something that I think has gotten like flattened a bit was <laughs> that for as much success as Jokic and the Nuggets have had the last three years, it's kind of crazy. They're not one of the biggest teams in the NBA. Yeah, no, spot on. I 100% am with you on this. It's why I um, am such a proponent of just like I'm trying to be as loud as possible in support of Jokic because um, it's not even about MVP. It's just he's having one of the greatest seasons of all time. So 
like it just it, it and and when if if there are so many different players that if they were having the year Jokic is having, it's all we would talk about. Yes. So that's yes. kind of the the underlying point that I think you're trying to make, and um, I 100 percent agree with. And so, and just one last thing, because since 2008 they've been putting five games a day on Christmas. Every single year, the reigning MVP since then has had a game. Jokic is the first one who has it, and. That frankly means so much more than how much we can talk about him on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Is like give him the prime Christmas Day game, give him the middle of the day Christmas game. Like, you know, there's so much more that and the Nuggets. You know, I didn't really end up including in the story just because I think the Nuggets towed the company line. I asked him Connolly about it, and he was like, "Adam Silver, I think does a great job," and and I was like. I was making a face as he was saying it. And I was like, okay, all right, right, man. Uh, (laughs) So uh, there's a lot more that that can be done, I think, to raise the profile of not just him, but that whole team, because, you know, they've been successful for years now. Uh, I think second most in wins to Milwaukee over the last three years. So uh, they got a special, a special thing going on over there. They're great. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. (laughs) Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Can we open up the mailbag now? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm okay. sorry. Let's open up Very, the mailbag. No, no, no. Um, so we got an email from Vlad. And it's great because it hits on something that I've, I'm almost, not almost, I am embarrassed that we didn't talk about Greg Popovich last week. Mm. Um, but this email kind of does it justice and we'll, uh, we'll hop into a discussion now. So Vlad from Australia writes, hey, open floor. Today, my beloved Utah Jazz were defeated in a close game against the Spurs, making Greg Popovich the coach with the most wins of all time. Although on the surface, the answer may seem obvious. Does this make him the best NBA coach ever? Even though he now has the most wins, other coaches seem to have better resumes. For instance, Phil Jackson's six championships with the Bulls in a single decade, not to mention the five that he later got with the Lakers, seemingly overshadows this. Or even coaches like Steve Kerr and Eric Spolstra, who, although won less championships than Popovich, managed to revolutionize the game with their unique playing styles, something that Popovich isn't particularly known for. Would love to hear your opinion on the matter, and please keep the awesome pods coming. Uh, Thank you so much, Vlad, for this email. Um, I I guess I'll just start by saying, like... uh, so, okay. So I wanted to kind of 
frame this discussion with you by I asked you to rank your three best coaches ever, Rohan. To me, and I totally did that, by the way. Good. We're going to get into that in a second. To me, Popovich was the greatest NBA coach. I had to step on my ranking, but to me, he was the greatest NBA coach before he passed on Nelson for most Mm -hmm. events. I think he's also probably the most influential coach in the NBA um, over the lifespan of when he, since he became head coach of the San Antonio Spurs 20 something years ago. And you look at that and it's like Steve Kerr was just mentioned in this email as someone who revolutionized, helped revolutionize the game. And it's like, not really. Um, <laughs> no disrespect to Vlad. I love the email, but like all these guys, you know, Steve Kerr, you have coach Bud in Milwaukee and Monty Williams coaching in the finals last year, both kind of come from pop's tree. Steve Kerr played for pop Um uh, Ime Udoka right now in Boston, the hottest team in the NBA, one of, comes from Pop. Uh, just like the coaching tree is really, to say nothing of anything that has to do with Pop being, um, his, his ability to um, develop talent, to find talent, to uh, maximize the international game, to change from being this defensive behemoth at the beginning of the Tim Duncan era to being this like, graceful offensive show by 2013, 2014. It's like, so I'm not really not being eloquent in describing how much. I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches. He's maybe the greatest coach in American professional sports. He's in the top. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Yes. 100%. Um, Every video that was coming out of that last game, whether it was the players mobbing him on the court, uh, giving him like the water bottle shower in the locker room is just, it's so I have a weird roundabout point I'm going to make, but I was with some uh, people Friday night who are also NBA writers, people who used to be NBA writers. We were talking about James Harden and which is weird. I like never talk about basketball in my social life, but it had come up and it was getting pretty heated and, I was just like, I don't know. I think, I don't know if it's just I'm getting older, but like my takes are just getting more and more boomer as every day passes. But I was just like, yeah, I just love, I just don't, I couldn't get past how it felt like Harden. It's one thing to have a bad game like he did in that Sixers Nets game. But there are times where it just didn't even look like he wanted to compete. And it was like, you know, like you looked at KD and Embiid jawing. You looked at the way Kyrie was following around Harden in like dead balls, like getting ready to play defense on him. I just have so much respect for people who have respect for competition. Um, it's not even about the result, but just, you know, do you care? Are you, are you putting in your best? I feel like Greg Popovich, every player he's had is just like always wanted to compete hard for him, you know? And it's, and you saw the way that, you know, this first team isn't good, but they were celebrating and how emotional they were and the connection he still has with those guys, even though he's not competing for titles right now. It's like, that's just like the beauty of team sports. You know what I mean? It's like you're willing to, what you're willing to do uh, to sacrifice for the greater good. And I feel like he always, always, always is able to just bring that out um, in his teams and in his players and, it's always going to be hard to say who are the best coaches because 
Pop's the first person to say, I don't win because I win because of Tim Duncan, right? Um, you know, he's the first coach to kind of talk about, hey, you can't win without great players, but uh, just what he's able to bring out of his teams, that competitive spirit he's able to bring out of players, that's just so cool, man. It's what makes uh, what's make, it's what makes the sport great. It really is. So it's like, first of all, every great coach, every coach that we'll even be discussing in this conversation co- is in the conversation because they coached like a pantheon level talent. Yeah. Like that's, it's like, come on. It's like, just, that's just what it is. So there's no, Oh, what would he be without Tim Duncan? Um, there's none of that. Uh, what would Pat Riley be without magic Johnson? Like right. it's just what his career ever even gotten off the ground. So it just, it, it, that stuff is really silly to me. I'm curious. Have you ever been popped? I have not. I have not. I, I, to be honest, I, there was a few times, um, these last couple of years since I've lived in LA, especially when I've been at, and I'm like, I've seen someone get popped and I'm like, I'm not even going to take a chance here. I'm not even going to, I'm not, it's not worth it. There's nothing, there's nothing I can ask in a pregame scrum. That's like, there's, there's no answer I'm going to get. That's worth the risk of getting popped. Can I just say something about pop though? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that like people have come to enjoy his sideline antics and on, but it's just interestingly the dichotomy of like, on one hand, he's this guy who like really has his pulse on the state of, you know, American culture and, you know, our democracy backsliding and all these things that he'd give off the impression as someone who has a little bit more respect for the media, but like, you know, I guess uh, that's where it ends. Um, <laughs> you know, it just, and I don't think he like outright hates it, but there are times when I will say, and this is insane that we're talking about this right now, but there's a couple of times people have asked him in a post-game press conference, what I think is a very legitimate question that he just like grumbles at or doesn't want to answer. And it's like, okay, man, like we're trying to tell the story of the game. Your fans want to know why you made this lineup decision. That's a fair question to answer. So that's all I got to say about pop, but I've never been popped. How about you? Uh, yeah, I have. I've been popped. <laughs> I also was able to get him one-on-one for an interview before on the phone for the DeJounte Murray profile I wrote last year. And that's like a top, it was only maybe 12 oh, I can't minutes even long. Imagine. I can't even imagine. That's like a top, like top five for me all time. Of course. Like, of course. It's, and I pretty sure I was popped in that interview and it's just like, it doesn't even, it's just so great. Cause once he gets rolling, it's just, it's, it's priceless gems just being dropped on your head um i was popped because i asked him after a game against the clippers years ago um i asked him why tony parker did not play the last two minutes of the game they lost the game in overtime i believe and he was he benched tony parker last two minutes or something of regulation i can't remember exactly and his response was, did you watch the game? And then he looked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so... I got, I got popped once, but it was by uh, Kelly Amante Hiller, the head coach of Northwestern Women's Lacrosse, which had won seven national championships in a row. It was either six in a row, and I was like a freshman, and I asked her, I was like, 
uh, they lost to Florida, the Florida Gators, who were one of their biggest rivals at the time. And I asked her after a game that UF had won at Northwestern. I was like, did it? I was like, how did it feel to watch them celebrate as hard as they did on the field after the game? Because this was like, they were going pretty nuts for a regular season game. Mm-hmm. She just looked at me and she was like, are you kidding me? And then just looked away. And then as the next person was asking their question, looked back at me just to stare at me. I was like, I was 19 no years good. old. I was like, I'm so sorry. Okay, so let's let's get into it now with our top three coaches of all time. I kind of spoiled my number one, who is Pop. Um, let's work our way backwards, Same. though. Is your number one Pop? Yeah, my number one is <laughs> okay, Pop. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my, let's start with number three then, and then we can just kind of do three and two, I guess. Um, number three for me was Phil Jackson. Uh you know, 11 titles. I don't know what else to say, but he has to be in the top three. I feel like, uh, what, yeah, I'm not going to say, I don't really have like a long list of wonderful things to say about Phil Jackson, but (laughs) my number three uh, is, uh, Pat Riley. Okay. I'm not too surprised to hear this. (laughs) Gotta say, gotta be honest. Um, before you, okay, let's, let's I, talk I, about I wanna, Phil. You want to talk about Phil? No, I, I have I have literally nothing to say about Phil. Is Phil number your number two? He is. Okay, so my number two is Red Auerbach. Yeah, I, um, I figured. <laughs> I figured well, you'd sure. have read in and I'd have had it. Yes, yes. Okay, so why? Okay, I was going to ask you why Pat Riley over Red Auerbach, but I don't think that's really going to get us anywhere constructive. Um, I just ignore basketball before 1980. Before 1980. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. A lot of things happened. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics won eight championships in a row. Um, yeah, I'm honestly just so not impressed with that accomplishment. And I'm, I'm like kind of genuinely floored by people who are. Red Auerbach invented the victory cigar. He Inventing once, the victory cigar is cool. He once punched the owner of the opposing team before game three of the 1957 finals. It, could you imagine if that happened today? What would that what just would, like, go? I, that just goes to my point though, about why or everything that happens. For Absolute legend. It's like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Just, just the greatest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We don't need to get too deep. The, the point of this was just to say that Greg Popovich is like, great and i feel like everyone should have him as number one i'm sorry like i i get the titles i get that phil has 11 yeah but when we when we do talk about like who the players who 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 the coach got to coach right like i'm not saying that winning championships with michael jordan was super easy anyone who watched the last dance knows that a lot of stuff went down that was like Mm -hmm. really crazy and wild and having the right temperament to deal with it is an ability in and of itself. And getting him to buy into the triangle is wasn't easy. Uh, but he also coached Michael Jordan. <laughs> and like um, Shaquille O'Neal was like super duper dominant. Kobe Bryant was awesome. When you have two of the top three players in the league at one time, like you should probably win the title. So I mean, he, the fact that they knocked out the the Lakers in 03. Now, granted. There's somebody sort of like the Lakers had a lot of miles on him at that point, et cetera. But those 
Spurs teams, especially the 2003 team, like was nowhere near as talented as the Lakers on paper. Now, again, the Lakers are deep into many, many playoff runs at this point, but yes, it was, uh, those first teams were incredible, man. And like it, Duncan was obviously fantastic, but it's not like they had like this huge collection of stars. Um, yeah, they, those first teams, man. I remember I was on a family vacation in 2007 watching the uh, Spurs-Pistons finals. There was that 05, 05, sorry. 07 was the Cavs year. Mm-hmm. But, man, what a final. They don't play NBA finals like that one anymore. All the games were in the 80s, and Robert Ory hit that big three. Man, those were uh, – those Spurs teams were – at the time, everyone was like, this team's boring, but they just played in good, good-ass good games, man. I will also say, just because anytime I'm even in the periphery of the subject, that Derek Fisher's point four shot in 2004, um, garbage. Shouldn't have counted. Shouldn't have counted. Shouldn't have counted. I'm a huge believer that that, I mean, it took away Tim Duncan's like falling bank. That was yeah, the real right. hero that shot. That's true. It's, there's the an that, insane shot right before it. He yeah, also hit I, that top of the three key in the Sun series. Like he has some crazy, but so I had a friend text me randomly over the weekend, literally randomly. He's like, we don't talk about David Robinson enough anymore. Like really whoever cool guy, your friend really is. cool nickname. Um, unbelievable yeah. yes yeah. david robinson i would stand for him forever and then it just made me really really sad because i was like tim duncan and david robinson would not play together in today's nba you i think they would dominate i really do like i think they would dom- i'm not even trying to troll you or anything or be I, I, I hear your argument but in their primes obviously it's like they could switch, etc. But I just think it wouldn't work. I just, or I don't know who would really try it. Maybe Pop would be the only guy who'd try it, but I don't think they'd play together. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley were like the anchors of the best defense in the NBA for months this season. Like I think it could, it could, it could. But work. those They'd aren't like two back to the basket players. Are we talking about like prime David Robinson or like 1999, 2000 David Robinson? I mean, you have to take into account when they actually did play together, right? Mm-hmm. Because prime wasn't... David Robinson is just like a face-up app, like monster. And... Right, right. Back to the basket colloquially in the sense that both those guys are operating on the block. Mm-hmm. Like they would you, dominate. I can't. I can't. I can't go against that era of Spurs bat. I just love it too much yeah, to that's ever fair, that's besmirch fair. it. I'm not so besmirching it. I'm besmirching today's NBA that doesn't respect the power forward. <laughs> <laughs> like if they were to play the Suns now, like Jay Crowder would just get destroyed. Like I'm. I just can't. Like I mean, trying to like envision it now. I want to see who the guards are. I don't think Avery jo- Johnson could play. <laughs> It's leak, that's for sure. But I think they would have a fine time. Um, okay, can we move on from Pop, who is the greatest coach of all time, and and do our next email here? Yeah, please, sure. So we have a an email coming in from Rohan. Rohan has become just this 
just an absolute beast in the email like game. I like it. It's kind of weird. I'm not really a fan. Rohan, I'm a huge fan. Stop. There's there's no Michaels who email us, which is great. Um, just Rohans, uh, yeah. which is terrific. So Rohan, this is actually a really fun question. Rohan writes, watching Reggie Jackson go off for 30 plus points in two of his last four games has got me thinking. How many players currently in the NBA do you think could average 30 points on league average effective field goal percentage if their team played no defense and were completely dedicated to just scoring as many points as possible every game a la Bradley Beal and the Washington Wizards in the 2020-2021 season? So this is a, a fantastic question. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Rohan. I'm not even trying to hate just because I didn't like this question. You did not like the question. <laughs> no, I didn't. So I gave you a little. You know, I, I tried to frame it by basically asking you who the worst player is that could do this. Do you have a worst player that you think could average thirty? And before you answer, Rohan, I just want to say that. In NBA history, can you guess how many players have averaged 30 points per game in a season? Like how many different players or how many different times it's happened? Players. 12. 30. 30. Well, that's, I was once again ignoring all basketball before. You were. There's a lot of Will yeah. Chamberlain. He did it like. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, yeah. George Gervin. Yeah. Yeah, just a lot of all-time greats just yeah. getting swept under the rug. <laughs> Bro, I just – I got – it's funny. So I'm watching the TNT Tuesday the other night, and they're like, how is Kyrie Irving? Adam Left goes like, you know, I see every NBA player. is like, why is Kyrie Irving not in the top 75? And then my guy, Dwayne Way, is like taking a shot at the media, and he's like, so people who played against Kyrie, they know how good he is, but the people who vote on these lists – so let me just say something, Okay. Number one, you had former players who voted on the top 75 list. Number two, if we, if we want to take George Mikan off, let's take George Mikan off. Like, let's have a conversation about everyone who was on the top 50 that remained on that list that I think it was like kind of a, uh, hey, these guys are staying on the list. We can't take anyone off because that's the real problem. But anyway, this is a long-winded me winded way of me saying um, – I actually don't think that many players could average 30 on league average uh, effective field goal percentage. If it was like, it's hard just be going out and doing it more every year. Yeah. It's very hard. I think it's very few. Who's the worst player. I think I could, could do it is like Trey young, I think. And that's not because he's a bad player. It's because like, I think there's six or seven guys who could do it. Well, okay. So, the player I picked is a, is worse, but is a great player. And the point is that like there are no bad. There's no for me, bad player. For me, it was either it. Trey or Jason Tatum were my two options. Okay, so I would I would counter that, and I was going to say <laughs> this kidding. before you even I'm said kidding. Tatum. <laughs> and I know you're kidding. <laughs> I think Trey could average. I th- honestly think Trey could average thirty with like his team having a top ten defense. Like yeah. I don't think that. They need to prioritize Trey getting his. I wouldn't go them top to be 10, good. but yeah, okay. To- league average yeah. defense, like a, sure, like a sure. good team. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, so yeah, like Trey's incredible. Um, so, who's your worst player? Year. So, the player that I picked here is Anthony Edwards. Like, I feel mm. like if 
they because this he's got the skill, the physical ability. Um, the pull up three is coming along for him. Just can get to the rim whenever he wants. If they were seriously just like feeding him, um, and we're just like we want to get. If they did, we're going out of their way, as some would say the Wizards did over the past two seasons, just to let this guy cook. Um, he gets to the free throw line. I, I think he's a couple like, years away, but that's an inspired choice. It's it's a good the pick point. It's you. it's a pick that's like the point is that this yes. is really hard. Yes, yes. So they'd have to stop playing NBA basketball for him to do that. Yeah. So like someone like Devin Booker could do it, and I feel like Devin Booker could do it on a good team. Agreed. Um, but the point again is just like it's really difficult, and I'm sure that like maybe. Like I honestly like Shea Gilders Alexander is another is another player mm. who I was like I was honestly thinking that if the Thunder wanted to actually do this like they could do it with Shea it would be instilling some of the worst habits on a rebuilding yeah, team right and you don't really want to do that but physically theoretically I think that that could happen I don't know Shea's like a freak talent as well so it's not like this is saying anything bad about him, but the point is again, scoring averaging 30, very, very, very hard to do. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare okay so rohan i'm very excited now to do this you know i love exercises like this you oh my god i, I saw this thing. and just it's my literally stuff to do audibly groaned alone in my apartment when i, I saw that you put this on the outline so much uh we're gonna list off our, our all nba teams i feel like you know i i wanted to do this now because you know we could wait until the season's over but there's gonna be a lot of stuff happening down the stretch um with that it's playing related and you guys send in such awesome emails um, regularly that it would be really tough to fit this in. And I do think that some of these slots could potentially shift a little bit over the last few weeks of the season, but mostly this stuff is, is, is good to go. I feel like um, in my opinion, my so, favorite part about these exercises mm-hmm. is you put in so much more effort than I do. I and do. yet, and yet we generally end up in the same place. This is going to be a fun one, though. <laughs> this really, one's I, interesting. This one's interesting. This one, um, this one was tough, and I, I actually did try to put some thought into it. Hey, I appreciate um, that. Good and job. Uh, <laughs> um, it was, 
it was uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. Okay, so I in a, in addition to putting together my teams, I have some questions that I feel like we are going to some just like topics of conversation that kind of uh, are natural in yeah. at least for me as I was putting it together. There were some questions that I had that I'm, I'm sure you went back and forth on yourself. So why don't we just start? Do you want to start first team? You want to start third team? I was going to ask you the same question. Who do you, what do you want to do? Let's start first team. Okay. And then work our way backwards. Um, so give me, give me your first team, all NBA, two guards, two forwards, one center. Okay. And let me preface this by saying, <laughs> no, no, I'm being serious. I'm being serious, Mike. I'm being serious. Okay. I think for me, my criteria ultimately at the end of the day was, who are the players that I think tell the season of this story? That was kind of like my differentiator when it mm-hmm. came to guys who are really close statistically, right? So having said that, my first team is John Morant, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, and Nikola Jokic. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm blown away by this. Yeah. And another tricky part of this was injuries. So, okay. Okay. Wait, I have to, I'm sorry. I'm, I passed out for two seconds. So (laughs) you had John Morant, um, DeMar DeRozan. Yes. Giannis Tatum and Jokic. Yeah. Giannis and Tatum are my two forwards. DeRozan and John are my two guards. Another problem is the positional, obviously. Right. And I think I tried to go off of where they were listed for all-star Okay, so this gets it. We're going to jump right in then with one of my questions. Because there's a, it's really hard, again, with a, I, the positional specific, specificity required here makes this difficult. Okay, so the player in question where this matters the most is DeMar, right? Yes. For this. For this. Because so, we had this exact fight where I was like, it's ridiculous that he's listed as a guard, but for All-Star, he was listed as a guard. So... All-Star, for whatever reason, I kind of, it's its own beast. And I don't and you were, really know. And you were giving me shit for it, too. No, I'm just, I, I'm just doing what the NBA, we were trying to do it how the <laughs> uh, yes. NBA did it. But yes. like, for all NBA, it's like, you're right. You're trying to tell the story of this season. DeMar, like, I put him at forward for this exercise. And I'll say that uh. because, in part because the forwards are so weak. Like when you when yeah. you actually yeah. get down to it, yes, yes, third team, the best ones have been hurt. Forward, yeah. I'm yeah. just like, who? Okay, we can't do this. We can't. <laughs> if honor we this started guy. with my third team, it would you would have been like, oh, yeah. So yeah. I feel like the forwards were weak. The guards were so strong. Yes, and you'd be leaving off someone who was clearly better for the sake of some positional requirement right. and we're increasingly position a positionless league. So, but, that so no now, now you're going to switch to positionless after what you did. Can we run back the all-star tape where I got yelled at for this exact? No, you got to blame the NBA for that. I don't know. Like, I'm just following the rules with that for all NBA though, especially when you look at um, like just how he's, if you look at basketball reference, you know, they, they label the positions. I'm not saying that he wasn't before that, but like, 
what for Demar? It's like seventy percent small forward and like twenty percent power forward. No, oh, I know I can't all this. You're doing this to me. I can't. No, I know all this. I know all this. But there's no yeah. drop down, at least right now, from the NBA. It's like, or or for fans to vote, where it's like fans don't vote for all NBA, where it's like Demar's a guard. So for this, he's a he was a forward, in my opinion. That's okay. You're shaking your head. I, well, I just wish you okay. told me this before, but what did it? No, it, you know, you can make your team how you want to make your team. That's okay with me. So the other th- interesting thing here that I just have to point out with your team is that you had Jason Tatum first team. Can you just explain, explain yourself? I mean, I think he's like, what, 28, four and four, somewhere around there. His team's going to finish with one of the best records in the league. I think they're going to get into the top four in the East pretty easily. And I mean, he's probably outside of Giannis, the best two way forward in the league. Wow. I, I don't even know who I'm talking to right now, but um, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at my other guys on, you know, we said the forwards are weak this year. And if we're not putting DeRozan at forward, um, can I tell you my first team? Yeah. Let me tell you my first team. Yeah. So I have Ja. I have Steph. Mm-hmm. I have Giannis. Mm-hmm. LeBron. And Nikola Jokic. You put LeBron on your first team? I did. I put LeBron I was on my first team. very close to putting LeBron on the first, first team over Tatum. I just can't get over how bad his team has been. I mean... So I think about that sometimes, and I'm honestly like, you know, that makes everything he's doing that much more impressive. Like, uh, I see what you're saying, but on one hand, it's like, it like he constructed this team to be so bad that it's forced him to be in a position to put up the stats he's putting up, and his stuff. He's literally leading the league in scoring, but. And the at the 37 two, years old, which doesn't matter for the sake of this I was argument. Say, that's the classic. It is. And also, I just don't think the two way effort has been there on a consistent basis this year. I mean, I was watching the game last night in the first quarter. Richard Jefferson or, is like, LeBron's not even walking back on defense right now. We've seen that a couple of times this game. Um, that I'm, I understand. He's obviously the talent level is there. And the scoring has been there, but it's just the two-way effort. And that's, that's to me, the penalty for his team success is he can't be first team with just how bad the team has been. So he deleted sec- the tweet, Mike. He said, keep that same energy. Um, he deleted the tweet. The se- I did not know that. He deleted that tweet. Yeah. Oh no, you can't delete tweets. That's bad. Um, Look, if you're going to lead the league in scoring and have your true shooting be 62%, you're a ridiculous. You're having a ridiculous season. Okay. It's the second highest two-point field goal percentage of LeBron James. So hold on. So you put DeRozan at forward and then you still didn't put him on the first team? Do you do you do you really think you know actually I'm not going to like I'm not going to get upset, but you think DeMar is having a better season than LeBron? Yeah. You think he's a better player than LeBron? No. This season? You think he's a better player than LeBron this season? I think he's having a better season than LeBron James. 
LeBron's averaging 29.7, 8.1 rebounds, 6.3 assists. Look, again, I don't want to. So, okay. What about, so how, do you, how much of like expectations go into this for you? Because like when, when you talk about DeMar, I'm just talking about like DeMar coming into this season, everyone's kind of like. That's not playing into it as much for me as much as it is. He's been, I mean, or you're acting like DeMar's at 28, five and five. It's not like he's so far behind LeBron. No, I, I'm not. I, I keep saying I'm, I'm biting and my his, tongue with, and his with team, criticizing DeMar. And his team is what, like 15 games better, 16 games better. I don't really care about team stuff that much. I do. Honestly, are the Bulls when it comes to all NBA. Are the Bulls that I mean, I understand the Lakers have had that much injuries, but it's not like the Bulls have Levine's obviously been great. And I think Levine's probably been a top 25 player this year. But and he's also missed a ton of time. Lonzo's missed a ton of time. Caruso's missed a ton of time. So mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue the Bulls entered the season A, not as talented as the Lakers. You could make that argument. B could argue they've dealt with the same like level of injuries as they have because people say Dwell Davis has missed all that time. I'll say Lonzo, Levine, and Caruso have all missed a ton of time. And they're still having that much better of a season. Um, that's that's my argument for DeMar. So I know this isn't how we do this again, but I just want to ask this question of you. If LeBron was on the Bulls instead you of DeMar. LeBron, yes. How would you feel about the Bulls right now? Would you be like, oh, my God, like, I do not want any part of the Chicago Bulls going into the playoffs? (laughs) I know what you're saying, Mike, and I I hear you. Do I think think the Bulls would be as good if LeBron was on them? They'd probably be close to as good. Do I think the Lakers would be as bad? Like, both teams are kind of pulled closer toward the middle, I think. Frankly, maybe not the Lakers. You think the Lakers would be better? No, they wouldn't. No, You're right. No. But I, listen, I get that. I hear that argument. I'm saying this. LeBron James is a better player than DeMar DeRozan. I agree. But I think DeMar DeRozan's had a better season. So you think that LeBron also is having a better or having a worse season than Tatum? Mike, his team sucks. Okay. Yeah, I do think Tatum's having a better season. I'm sorry, but that matters to me. That really does. I can't put a guy whose team is so far under 500 on the first team. Mm. I, I've I, seen mm. I've seen LeBron with worse teams not play this badly. You you have? I, have, I don't know. 2018 Cavs that good? Um. Okay. <laughs> I think. Uh, I, so were you surprised when I, I had Le- you said you almost had LeBron first team for yourself? Yeah, so it's not even okay. like I, I disagree with it outright. Like I was very close, very close to putting on my first team. But I mean, they're just so bad. They lost the freaking Rockets the other night, like like in desperation mode. I, I hold on, I have to pull up the exact standings. That's why I'm stalling. But come on, man, they're twenty nine and thirty eight. 24 and a half games out of first. Yeah, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Bulls have 12 more wins than them. I can't. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, let's let's do let's do second team then. Uh, 
negative net rating. Like, yeah, I just no, I can't. At least you had you have to have a positive net rating. Your team has to have a positive net rating for me to put you on my first team. That's my one. Hey, that's fair. How about that? That's fair. I I disagree in this instance. I think LeBron is having a first team All NBA caliber season, but that's okay. That's fine. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Okay, let's go to second team. Give me your second team. Um, Sorry, I was going to make a joke that you were repped by clutch, but I didn't want to start shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so with that being said, my second team is guards, Luka Doncic, and Steph Curry. Okay. Forwards, Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Center is Joel Embiid. Okay, so I have Luka, um, Donovan Mitchell. Those are my two guards. Wow, okay. KD and Tatum as my forwards. And Joel Embiid as center, obviously. Now... Quick question. Mm-hmm. Did you think about Durant first team? How cl- and how close? I did, did think did about Durant come? first team. I did think about Durant first team. There was a moment. I think when I first literally started penciling it in, I had KD and LeBron on my first team, or not KD and LeBron. Giannis. Um, yes, KD and Giannis. And I just think KD is going to have missed too many games. Um, you know, even if he plays the rest of the season, there's only like 15 games left. I think he's going to reach around 54 or something like that, and maybe. And I just think he didn't play enough games to be first team. That was the only thing I had against KD. Looking at – so I stacked up LeBron and KDs because those were the two guys where I was like, which one is going to be first team here for me? And – also, can I just say one last thing about LeBron? Because I was pulling it up. Please. Sure. sure. The, the, the Lakers are a minus with him on the floor this season. They are. And that, he's that, playing yeah. with the. I get it. The worst. I get it. Sure. I get it. But that, that, that just is it for me. I'm sorry. Perfectly fine. No. Austin Reeves is like third in minutes. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not apologizing for him. I'm just yeah. saying the facts. No, there's context. And that's important context, but when you're splitting hairs here, that's an important mm-hmm. one for me. So statistically, um, KD and LeBron are like almost identical on every stat. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And I had um, 
I think minutes or games, something like that. That was just like the tiebreaker for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And LeBron is actually a little more efficient than KD, just absolutely wild. And both of them of late have really turned it on. I mean, yeah, I mean, Durant's like 37 and six, but right now he's played in 41 games. And the Nets have, let's see, they're 35 and 33. That's 68. They have four. So the most he can play in is 55. That's why he's on my second team. That's the only reason. So Steph, not first team for you? Steph, second team? I know it's crazy because he's, he's so good. And he's maybe the person. If I look at my first team, I think Steph's probably the person I want second in any if in, a, in a game seven. But, mm-hmm. again, it just comes down to – you look at what DeRozan did for the Bulls, who ha- who are finally starting to slide, but look at what DeRozan did. For- they were missing their three best guards for how many games? Um, and I just think Steph's case takes a hit because of how important Draymond has been to that team's success this season. That's not to say Steph's not made a massive impact. It's a huge accomplishment for them to still be second place in the conference, but – I said this on our last pod. Draymond's not become as important as Steph. No one would say that, but there's just a certain symbiosis those two have, certain synergy that mm-hmm. it's become so integral to their success that, uh, yeah, I think it's it bumped. That's what bumped Steph to my second team. Again, it's more about just. You're, I'm just trying to look at this singular season, and I just want to st- stress that. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the, uh, the tie break for me there. So you said, and again, I had DeRozan at guard, not forward. So, and I'm, I'm really proud of you. I got to say for not putting Jokic and Embiid first team and anyone who does that, just get all the way out. I hate that. That's lame. And I think that that's still a thing this year. That was a thing last year that allowed you, you were allowed to vote that way. Very stupid. If you do it, no, sorry. They're both centers. It's not, it's not, it's, this isn't, come on, stop it. Um, So happy for you there. Uh, So I said Donovan Mitchell was my second team, one of my second Mm -hmm. team guards. And you, you made a little, a little bit of a squeak, a little bit of a noise. Did that one. What do you think about that one? It's a good pick. I just, it's just, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be interested to hear my third team. No, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, yeah. so yeah. So third team, here's where a lot of the, the questions that I wanted to, the discussion topics, some more of them kind of pop in. Can I give my third team first since you're yeah, so sure. hyped? So my third team, the two guards are Trey Young and Devin Booker, uh, two forwards are Jimmy and Damar. And then wow. For the center, I have I have Cat. Okay. Okay, so give me give me your team and then we can kind of break through it here. So my center, I have Carl Towns. Thank you. Good job. Um one of my forwards is Jimmy Butler. Uh-huh. One of my guards is Devin Booker. My other guard mm-hmm. Is Christopher Emmanuel Paul? Wow! And my other forward, truly the hardest one on the list, 
I have Siakam in right now. Okay, so where to begin? Okay, can you just okay tell me? I know your I know your argument's just going to be wins for Chris Paul over Trey Young. Is that just what it boils down to for you? I mean, Chris Paul is the most important player on the best team in the NBA. I, I don't. I, to me, that's that's it. That's it. That's all I have to say. Who? You, okay, so most important player. Um, who is number? I have a stat for you. Who's number two right now in plus minus since the All Star break in the league? DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Mikhail Bridges. Who okay. is number three in plus minus? <laughs> Since is it the all-star De- DeAndre break. Ayton? It's Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Okay, listen, I, again, but I just think that you're going you're gonna to call me insane for this. <clears throat> I don't think their current success, and they've been good. They've not been great since the all-star break. They have a few losses. I don't think any of what they're doing is possible if Chris Paul doesn't come in last year. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll probably agree with that, yeah. But, I just think he's raised everyone's game here and he's put everyone in the proper role and has been a big driving force in that culture. And I just don't think you can measure his impact. Can let me, I, put, can oh, I, let me, oh, let me, let me turn, let me turn it around. Let me turn it around. <laughs> let me turn it around. If you switched, if you switched Chris Paul and Trey Young, what happens? I don't think this exercise works that oh, well. No, the one you just context. the one you just used on me earlier in this segment. No, because I mean we're talking about who's have look, if Chris Paul didn't Chris, miss every game after the switched, all-star break. If you switched Chris no, Paul and Trey dude, Young, don't dude, forget for from before the conversation to me. Before the, the all-star break, if you switch this, he's this gonna play a, more. Chris Paul is going to have played more games than KD. Dude, that's okay. He's missing. He's going to miss every game in all likelihood after the all-star break. That's a lot. You know what Trey Young did last night? He scored 47 points on 20 shots. That's something that I can quantify. We're talking about culture. Oh my God. Stop. 47 points on 20 shots. Listen, Chris Paul has going to have played in more games than Kevin Durant. So you can't play the injury card with me. How many players have scored more points than Trey Young this season? Oh my God, dude! I'm not saying you're wrong with Trey, but if you're coming at me for Chris Paul and so no, I'm just, missed... I'm just, I'm telling you what the argument is. So how many, how many players have scored more points than Trey Young? This how season? many? How many? Um, two players, actually, no, one player after yesterday. And his Marcus Rosen's the only player team, who scored more. And his team's under 500. How many players have more assists? The only the, player the Phoenix more Suns assists than Trey Young is Chris Paul. 21 more wins. Here's a question for you, Mike. How many teams have won more games than the Phoenix Suns this season? Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, this is literally, played- we're defining individuals, though. And Trey Young, when you when you finish, uh, if he, if he, which he's on pace to do, finished second in points and second in assists. Those are two pretty big statistical categories. And I feel like that's deserving of an all NBA slot. And that's fine. And I'm not criticizing you for it, but I will just, I'll take Chris Paul. I'll still take Chris Paul. Um, uh, You want to talk about Siakam? 
Would you have had Siakam if DeMar, you put DeMar as a forward? Probably not. Probably not. Exactly. That just came down to, we agreed the forwards are not great this year. And it's like, if we're projecting ahead, I think he can over these last, you know, 15 games or so play himself um, into that conversation. I had myself when I was doing it first and I had DeMar as a guard at first and I was looking at some of the options for just real quick, by the way, do you know Mm -hmm. what the sun's record is in games played with Chris Paul? Do you know what it is? Very good. They're very good. 48 and 10. That's a 68 win pace. They're very good. And guess what? He's they not going to be able to they play could have in won, any games. They could have won 70 games. 70 games was in play for them if he doesn't break his finger on a fluke play. And he's still going to play more games than Kevin Durant. 70 wins was in play for them. We're not talking. This it, seems a, a juggernaut. And if they went, they started the season, what, one in three? I honestly, frankly, think they would have won 70 had he played. He was on pace to play in every single game. And if. Uh, if if my team was, you know, the ifs and buts were candy and nuts, all NBA, Jimmy then, yeah, Butler, I would put Jimmy but- Chris Jimmy, Paul on there. Jimmy Butler's the same. Uh, he's going he's gonna to have played in what, uh, 60 games this season? But Jimmy Butler is a forward, so he makes the team. That's just what it is. I'm sorry. I, mean, just, I don't make the rules. Okay, but just let me ask you. Forget about all NBA. Forget about all NBA. We're not talking about okay. all NBA anymore. Switch. We literally are, but continue. No, no, no we're not. Switch. <laughs> if you... If you traded Trey Young for Chris Paul at the start of the season, where where are those teams right now? You think the you think the Hawks are under five hundred if they have Chris Paul? I mean, man, there's like so much stuff. Do you think know. the Atlanta Hawks are under five hundred if I, they have Chris Paul? I don't. I honestly don't know. That's a lie. I don't know. I, I am not lying to you. I promise. <laughs> we I we, know. Think we know. Is, I, I don't know. think Trey Young I know. is the problem. I, I know. I, I don't, I don't think, think he's, he's the, problem, the problem, but I don't think Chris Paul is under 500 with that team. I'll tell you that much. Um, okay. So, okay. So as I was saying, let's, let's, let's talk about right, Siakam. Let's get back to it. Let's, let's talk about the it. third team forwards. And when I was putting my team together, I was looking at the third team forwards, the second third team forward. And can it was like, Pascal. Me, can I say one last thing? And this is like in all seriousness. Sure. Mitchell was harder for me to leave off than Trey, obviously. I mean, I think Donovan's been sick. I, we've talked a lot about Trey, but Mitchell was harder for me to leave off. Donovan, incredible. I have yeah. him uh, on my second team ahead of Trey as well. Yeah, so. and this is all, again, because I put DeRozan at guard, which is where the NBA wanted us to list him for All-Star. So for the forwards, the other ones besides Pascal – I mean, it, it was like really, it was ugly stuff. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and no, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. um, Chris Middleton, honestly, like Evan Mobley cr- crossed my, <laughs> my, and I was just like, once I saw his name in my little, my little crosshairs here, when I was putting my little, my honorable mentions or whatever together, I was like, I can't do this. This is, we like, it's just, it's, it's, it mocks the point of all NBA, which is to reward everybody. <laughs> Shelby, um, producer Shelby's Anthony Simons. <laughs> Anthony Simons, you know, you're good when you get shut down for a couple yes, of weeks. Yes, team. exactly. It was too Shout hot. Shout out to Anthony Simons. Yeah, before you, before you join today, Shelby asked me, do you think the Blazers are going to shut down Josh Hart? <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, leading the league in three since January on Anthony Simons. It's a good pull, Shelby. Thank you, Shelby. Um, so the other question, another question I have for you is third team center. We both had cat, so it wasn't controversial at all. But, but Gobert is an argument. Gobert is an argument. Go- I had yeah, I actually think of it as a three-way uh conversation. Gobert, Cat, and your boy. Who you said was a mistake as a max contract. Who I you literally said, never who you said, said who that. you said would never become an all-star again. That he saw the text. No. Baminon, Baminon never forgets. Um, and he's been true. balling. Bam has been absolutely balling since you sent those heinous and unnecessary These texts aren't real. to me. They no. exist. The text was will be leaked. Like Pete and Kanye, they will be leaked at the right time. I was going to make a Pete and Kanye joke to show how <laughs> ludicrous this was, and you beat me to it to prove the point. So the text will absolutely be released one day when Bam is holding up the Defensive Player of the Year trophy. Um, the text will be leaked. But uh, Bam, I just think he's played less games than Cat and played less games than Cat. Um, I'd have to check the numbers on Gobert. I don't think Gobert's missed anywhere near as much time as him. He hasn't. But, but that's really what it came down to. And I think this is the year that Cat's offense has just become too good that it even mitigates someone like Gobert's defense, even though we see how good he's been for the Jazz. And the fact that those two teams are closer in the standings than they've ever been before, um, that was what gave the edge to Cat for me. But Bam and Gobert have arguments. They've all been great. I agree with you. I think I think uh, Bam might be the best player of these three, although that's a that's also kind of a controversial statement. I don't that, want to be that, disrespectful that, to Those Kat. three are very difficult to separate. They are. And I just kind of felt like, like Cat's doing – I don't think his offense has been – you know, he's had great offensive seasons in the yes. past. I think he's the best shooting big man ever. And he's proving that this season. The team is winning. And his defense is just a little bit better in, in executing yeah. in Chris Finch's system. I think I think Kat, you've you mentioned this. He's always had, I mean, he's had many great offensive seasons. This just feels like the year with when he's on the court, I don't know who's slowing him down. Like I, I just it, it just feels like he is able to exert his control over a game more so than he's ever been in the past. Mm-hmm. I'll absolutely agree with that. Um, so the forwards are the forwards. There were, there's a couple other guards that I just want to mention that we, neither of us had actually, you did have Chris Paul. He was one of my <laughs> honorable mentions, um, but there are three others and 10. There are three others here. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, um, tremendous season from Freddie him. all-star. He's been great. Zach Levine. Uh, I just think that, you know, Booker, the Bookers and the Mitchells are just slightly, I don't know if better is the right. I just think that what they do is more impressive to me in the yeah. context of their team. Um, and then uh, neither of us said the words uh, James and Harden in this conversation. And I think that that is kind of funny because for the second year, second season in a row, 
this person has given up on a basketball team. Yeah, I mean, he was, make he was a- actively not trying for a few weeks, and that's it. That's all I need. But it's just like the so. ta- the talent. Yeah. Would you agree the talent is still there for him to of easily like, waltz onto one of these teams? And it's just like, I can't do it. I just, I. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, And again, like, like I said at the when we started this, like, you're trying to tell the story of this season to a degree. Has Harden been one of the most six impactful guards this season? I don't think he has. No, they almost got, they almost lost to the Orlando Magic last night, and he played just terrible. And the first, that's one of those games where it's like, oh man, I feel bad for Orlando. (laughs) Yeah. They're just going to get it. Can we talk about, can we just talk about the Orlando Magic for a second? Um, (laughs) Cole Anthony, bro, Cole Anthony is so fun. He's so fun. It's, they're like really like Cade Cunningham's been great for a few weeks now. Um, Jalen Green's been really fun for a few weeks now. Like every, like this is the part of the season where I'm like, I just start ignoring the bad teams, but it's hard to ignore how fun some of the bad teams have been. Nicole Mm -hmm. Anthony's sick. Franz Wagner. Harden's like icing on Franz Wagner. It's like, it was like even like he got played to a draw like the magic are scrambling on these hard hard and beat pick and rolls like um i did think it was interesting to see the sixers actually have to play some crunch time offense against the magic and i just assumed they'd go hard and beat pick and roll um every play down the stretch but they didn't they had a hard and iso they had Embiid iso on the elbow um one possession, like there are a couple of possessions where Harden's on the floor and Embiid's like spacing on the wing. And I, I got, I don't, again, they're going to have time to work this out. They're really talented, but I don't like any possession that encourages Joel Embiid to be behind the three point line. Even, even if he can shoot, well, I don't like any- That's going to happen a lot because yeah. that's what he wants to do. Um, okay. So. Yeah, they would have lost that game if Tobias Harris didn't hit a big corner three. Probably his biggest shot hey, of the hey, season. Credit to Tobias Harris. I mean, he he missed a layup earlier. He on did a great play that dropped her up. I mean, he's gonna get that shot a lot in the playoffs. And he's certainly capable. I mean, he's talented enough to hit that shot. So Tobias Harris is it's a little I think he's a good player, and I think the discourse around him has just gotten to how much he's getting paid. But mm-hmm. I still think he's a useful player on a good team. For sure. Shout you out literally to laughed when I said he's shout, a good player. Shout out to it's just <laughs> everyone just – you literally laughed. It's on video, Mike. I hate to – What? But it's just um, – <laughs> We tape this? Everyone just fixates <laughs> on the contract, and it's a little unfair to him. Yeah. I think, you know, I we broke down some of his flaws in an episode recently, and I still feel the same way. But, sure, he's – He's skilled. I don't know if he's yeah. the right fit. Not his fault. Um, okay, Rowan, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, thank you so much for you. Really, you know, the effort was a minus at at worst. With oh, really coming together with your All NBA team. So I really appreciate that. I also appreciate all of our listeners for writing in. Please keep those emails coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Uh, everybody, please stay safe and everybody, please continue to enjoy the NBA season.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 